We're joining you from Friendship Church Studios. I'm here with the dynamic duo of Pastor Matt Clausen and Pastor Joel Farber. Today's episode has us reflecting on love as we look at it from the context of God's Word. Thank you for engaging with us. I'm Kenny White, reminding you of the question given to us by the philosophical supergroup, the Bee Gees, when they asked, how deep is your love? Grab some coffee and buckle up for this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Hey, church fam. I hope you're doing well and that your heart is full. We've been doing a reading plan from the Bible Project. It's a 90-day plan that is taking us all the way up to Easter. If you've been reading along, that's great. And tell us what God is teaching you online. If you haven't, no worries. Jump in and start today. We believe that the Bible is the Word of God and has the power to extend life to us through the eternal life-giving gospel message of Jesus. We love Him and we want everyone to know Him. Join us as we read through the Gospels through Easter. Matt and Joel, it's been a while since we've gone down this route on this particular segment, but I think it's time to bring it back. And that's the segment entitled, This World is Crazy. But God is good. Francis Chan wrote a book called Crazy Love, and so it got me thinking as we're considering Valentine's Day of just some crazy love stories. And so uh, I, I went online, I shared this with you guys. I don't know if you had the chance to look it over, but there are just some uh, uh, amazing stories. You know, there's stories of uh, Bonnie and Clyde's love story. There's a lady who married the Berlin Wall. Like, those are super crazy. One of my favorites was uh, was this couple. They were born on the same day, and they died within a, a day apart. Like Really? Yeah. Like that's crazy love. They met in high school, high school sweethearts, loved one another, had a amazing marriage. I think uh what's it say? After 75 years of a wonderful married life, Helen died on July 16th and Les followed her to death the very next day, July 17th. That's Wow. That's crazy. Broken heart. No, yeah, probably. No doubt. Probably I think they wrote the notebook after yeah. after this story. I think I just made that up. That is not true at all. I would definitely die of a broken heart if, <laughs> if Hannah passes before me. Guaranteed. It better not happen soon, but... Right. I would, would do you think she feels the same way? I think she does. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. And any of these other crazy love stories stick out to you? How about the man that puts all men to shame? The oh. man who split a mountain in half. What? Yeah. Why did he do that? Well... Thousands of men have vowed to love their women and said that they'll move mountains. They'll move mountains for them and for their happiness. Right. One man actually did it. He moved a mountain? Yep. What? Yep. Why? Well, it's actually a cool story. This guy, when his wife actually died because he couldn't get her to see a doctor because a mountain literally stood in their way, uh... He for 22 years he spent 22 years uh, carving a 400 foot long, 30 foot wide road through the middle of that mountain. Oh my goodness! So that other people wouldn't have that same problem. Yeah, that's love. That's commitment, Matt. You don't look as convinced. Crazy love. 
But but his wife was already dead. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he did it for the sake of others not having the same issue. Well, I guess I guess that is love in her memory. Yeah, yeah right. that's actually that's actually sacrificial love. Yeah, mm, and it surpasses one person. Oh my right? goodness! It goes on to a great number of people. That is crazy. Well, crazy cool. This world mm. is crazy. But God is good. I'm sure you have your own love stories that uh, you could share. In fact, we want to encourage you to share your love story uh, on social media. Let people know how much you you love your spouse. So on February 19th of 2014, I was at Friendship Church, and Hannah came to church for the first time, and that's when I met her. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. But I didn't talk to her until February 23rd, the next Wednesday. Yeah, and then a little bit after that, I knew I loved her. Wow. It's coming up. That is coming up. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, you want to talk about the rest of the story? Maybe. That's oh, a little long, <laughs> but it's good. Well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You guys, did you get married? You know, we did. Wow. Yeah. Okay, good job. Yep. Way to go. <laughs> hey, Matt, how about you? When did you meet Erica? I know. 1988, October 8th, I think. It's in my calendar. Grief. Is that so, the date? So crazy, uh, creepy stalker are you? <laughs> Is that the date? That was Joel answering for Matt if you were wondering right. what's happening on this podcast. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. Oct- October 8th, 1988. <laughs> Do you have that in your calendar? It's a recurring calendar event for that's every year. That's amazing. Oh that's yeah. so good. So apparently I met her on October 8th. <laughs> 1988. Do you remember the context <laughs> around that at all? Uh, yeah, yes. so they were at a... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> good job. Okay, ahead, so man. October 8th, 1988 was actually our first date. That isn't when I met her. Okay. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Okay. I met her... Um, <laughs> wow, the story is actually a little bit serious, but I met her in early June of 1988 and one of my best friends had just drowned in the Mississippi River the week before I met her, and I was a pallbearer at his funeral. And so I purchased my first ever suit um, and wore it as a pallbearer in the funeral on a Saturday, and then because I now owned a suit, wore it to church on the Sunday the following day. Wow. And that is the first day that Erica came to that church. And I often joke or maybe seriously wonder, like if I hadn't been wearing a suit and tie that day, would she have ever gone out with me? Would she have been interested? <laughs> Was it only the suit? I don't know. Wow. So, yeah. That's interesting. I I met Cindy uh, at, at Crown College and... Um, I was playing volleyball, and she came down and joined us for volleyball. That's when I remember meeting her. Mm. She didn't remember meeting me until like <laughs> a week later uh, when this happened. You guys, just check out how cool this oh, is. Please tell me you fell so, down. Oh, it's worse. Oh. It's worse than that. So we were playing volleyball outside, and uh, the ball, the, you know, the volleyball went off the court, off the sand court. And you guys, I'm a servant. You know that about me. Like, yep. I, I'm going to serve. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm totally. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I went off, uh, uh, got the volleyball, 
and got stung by a bee. My toe swelled <laughs> up like the size of my head. Are you allergic? No, I didn't think so. What? It was crazy. It Wait. just was like instant. Were you bald then? No, no, not uh, in those days. Because you, you say toe the size of your head, you know. Oh, oh I see. So yeah, it was not quite as big. Okay. Not right. quite as big. Yeah. And that's how she remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that guy oh, running around screaming good. like a little girl. Uh, exactly. Is that you? That's right. <laughs> uh, Kenny, is he that guy that was crying that's when we true. were playing volleyball? True. Yeah, Love. that's him. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, okay. You talk about this world's crazy. Yeah. What was the this date? Was what was that date? I don't know. It was in August. <laughs> August, August of 90. Don't tell him. Yeah, He'll put it in his calendar. Oh, man, right. He's creepy. I, I celebrate. <laughs> He's pure creepy. Guys. <laughs> oh, well, now I don't know if I want to talk about love. I mean, <laughs> the, the Bible oh, no. has a lot to say about it. Our culture has a lot to say about it. I mean, we say things like, uh, I love... I love uh, this sports team, or I love hamburgers, or I love uh, going for walks. I mean, we mm. we use it so much that it it kind of loses its meaning. And I know the the Bible has a lot to say about that, but I just kind of want to open that door to do you, do you think do you think that love has lost its meaning? What does it mean in our culture when someone says "I love you"? Mm. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. Yeah, I think I saw that sign at Hobby Lobby. It's uh yeah, I yeah. think they have it on every shelf. That's <laughs> true. It's kind of like hope. What we talked about was it last week? Yeah. You know, it's I love this. I hope this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it has lost its meaning a little bit. Yeah. And it's used like even like you know growing up in relationship that don't end in marriage. Like you end up saying like I love you to people, and then mm. people break their hearts, and it's kind of like yeah, what does that do to the word love? Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, we, we posed a Bee Gees musical query earlier, but Joel, perhaps you're asking, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tina, Tina Turner. Turner. Oh, or, so good. Oh is this gosh. love that I'm feeling? Oh. White Snake? Oh my. Or it must have been love, but it's over now? Oh. Roxette? What? I wasted a lot of my youth. Did we mention that? Keep bringing A lot it. of my youth. Oh, Matt, you can't be done. Sounds wholesome, though. I got to be done. <laughs> so on a, on a serious note, uh, I, I would say that not only has love lost some of its meaning because of the very flexible way that we use the word, but its primary meaning has changed significantly over the mm. years, and it's changed in a way that has fundamentally shifted culture. Uh, so a, a biblical understanding of love is uh, sacrificial giving for the best of someone else. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as an atoning sacrifice, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the love of God, even in verses like John three sixteen, is seen in his sacrificial giving uh, for what is best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is the action of sacrificial giving uh, within our culture over the years, that definition has shifted so that love for us is about the feeling of infatuation. And because we've now confused the feeling of infatuation uh, with the willful action of love, shifts take place so that if I don't feel something in a relationship with God, I question whether or not it's real. Mm-hmm. Because love in a, in a love relationship with God, it's no longer about 
willful obedient action is about whether or not I feel certain things. Hmm. It's shifted our worship so that worship isn't primarily about willful obedient action. Willful is about an experience that will give me all the feels, right? It's shifted our approaches to relationships where love is defined not as my willingness to lay down my life for my wife, but whether or not my wife is making me feel certain ways. And if she doesn't make me feel those ways anymore, then maybe I need a new wife, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, e- even within some of the most uh, challenging aspects of the things that we deal with today, um, a large part of the sexual agenda these days is you can't tell me who to love. Well, if love is primarily about a feeling of infatuation, then no, I I can't tell you who your feelings are going to be about. Mm -hmm. But if love is about a willful, determined action, then absolutely we can, you know, I can determine who I am going to love if it's a willful action. And so there's some sense in which even the sexual revolution we're in the middle of is fundamentally shaped by the redefinition of love that's taken place from a biblical definition to that of feelings of infatuation. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. Well, well, I'm sorry that it's happened that way, but uh, man, that was really good. Just keep going. You're freestyling. Like you, you are unleashed today, Matt. That's that's why we're Matamaniacs around love this place. It. Look at that, man. Yeah. He was just going off on songs, and then he just went on that commentary. That's so good. It was like a you know a college professor feeling like I'm in class. No kidding. I'm taking notes over here. Yeah. You, you know, I don't know if that's a compliment. Like, <laughs> how many how many college professors do you know that you're really excited to be in their class? A lot, yeah, mm. actually. Really, one, one not uh, Professor Barry from. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no yes. names, no He's names, Joel. Names. He, was, <laughs> no, he was he was awesome. Don't oh, get me wrong. Oh, okay, okay. I but I felt bad because I'd fall asleep every single day. Oh, Joel. And there's pictures to prove it. Mm. Okay. But your class. That well, I, I have people fall asleep every Sunday. That's true. So would, now is when we name names. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get that list. You know, I've I've wondered too, you guys, about uh, just the word love. You know, when we when we look back at at scripture, there there are several different words that that were used in Greek that mm-hmm. we translate to love, and um, we we just have one word and we kind of use it interchangeably. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if. If even just our language lends itself to to this messiness, yeah. the, this fluidity with the the definition, I like that you went there because I was starting to think like, do we need to reintroduce those meanings by using the actual you know whatever they were agape or if I'm mm-hmm. saying that right, professor mm-hmm. or phileo or Ooh. isn't there a, there's a third one right? What's oh, the yeah. third one? Well, there are a few more. I think Eros C.S. Lewis's book is called The Four Loves. <laughs> <laughs> but the five love languages. And then Storge. Mm-hmm. That's, that's different. One. That's I've different. not heard that. Storge? Storge is like a, a family kind of love, like the type of love a mother would have for okay. her baby just because she had the baby. So there's agape, God's love, mm-hmm. right? Is that mm-hmm. Phileo is brotherly love. Storge? Storge, mm-hmm. yeah. Family and, love. And then there's Eros. Eros. That's you and Hannah, baby. Oh, wow. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like romance? It's Yes. It's like that. Baby. We get we get romance. English words like erotic from oh, oh, Eros. Oh. So like E-R-O-S. Edit this out. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Matt, um, 
back to your comment about love being a choice. Um, let's let's talk that out. I mean, the practical side is we are human beings with feelings. Um, directing those feelings towards God, I I believe, is important, but it's not dependent on. Uh, it's not dependent on worship or even love. Is that what you're saying? Or maybe you could flesh that out a little more for us. Right. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I, I understand a biblical, a biblical love to be uh, far more about willful choices, about sacrificial giving than it is about anything that has to do with feelings. And that isn't to say that it's totally unrelated to feelings, um, but I think we should understand feelings as the caboose, right? They're the followers. And mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, I need to make those sacrificial, willful choices whatever I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, God doesn't say, you know, sacrifice to me and worship when you feel like it. And right. my wife isn't interested in me doing the dishes only when I feel like it. That right. would be never, right? <laughs> but uh, I love her by willful action to do the dishes precisely when I don't feel like it. And that is a greater act of love than if I felt like it, right? It's a greater sacrifice mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate that. You know, one of the, one of the things that we've talked about from time to time is the issue of, of transaction in mm. love. So it's like, if you give me this, then I love you. If you do this for me, then I love you. And and we see this from Scripture that uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That his he did that precisely because he is love. Mm. You know, Scripture tells us he's love. And so, so when His Spirit is indwelling us, then doesn't it make sense that it's not based on what you give me or don't give me? The love that that we're supposed to show for one another is simply because it's love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. I'm, and this is this is where I mean it it connects to our devotions. It connects to our corporate worship. Mm-hmm. Um, when when someone comes to me and I've had this conversation multiple times and says I've been doing my devotions every day, mm-hmm. and I just I don't I don't feel like doing them. I don't feel like God is meeting me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I say, great, keep doing it because yeah. love is about sacrifice. And when you do your devotions when you don't want to, when you do your devotions when you don't feel like God is is right there with you. There is a greater sense of sacrifice and thus a greater sense of love. Mm-hmm. If your devotions were all about you, then by all means, pursue that feeling. But <laughs> but that's not what love is, and that's not what love towards God is. Our devotions are about sacrifice. And the right. same happens in corporate worship where people are like, well, I want that feeling that my favorite songs bring. But in fact, mm-hmm. the greatest acts of worship that a person can be a part of is to intentionally sing songs they don't like for the sake of others mm-hmm. because... That, that's love. Like love is the willingness to sacrifice. Love is the willingness to give up. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about me getting all the feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, love is about my willingness to be sacrificial for the sake of others. And the greatest worship we can have is when we give up our preferences for mm-hmm. the sake of others. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about in, in First Peter, we've been talking about uh, being obedient to authority. And, and it seems to me that this is a good connection point. Like that, 
that obedience to authority is not because that authority deserves it in and of themselves because they're kind enough or nice enough, but it's born out of this love that God has given me and as my act of love to him is obedience. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Be subject for the Lord's sake. Yeah. Chapter 2, verse 13. Yeah, it's for him. Yeah. All for him. Amen. Amen. Anything else, Joel? I'm thinking of... Um... I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm in the store and I'm singing. That was a nice elf moment. Yeah. Okay, do it. Are you going to sing me a song or something? Okay, Dad. But this is kind of weird. I love you. love you. <laughs> it's an elf reference in case you don't know. Wow. It's from a couple of different parts oh, of the movie. Oh, my goodness. It ain't Christmas, but you can still watch it. <laughs> Matt, do you have any uh, final thoughts that would that would move us away from that? I that has rendered me speechless. <laughs> I yeah, it's going to take me some time to recover from the experience that I just went through. Oh man! Wow! I love you too, Matt. <laughs> well, friends, um, you know, during this time of uh, Valentine's Day. It's easy to focus on the emotional side of love. And what we're talking about today is a love that is born in the believer based on the love that God has given us. And so it it does require obedience. It does require uh, God's love. And so we want to encourage you, even this Valentine's Day, to make sure that your heart is focused on him. Uh, We say it this way sometimes. Uh, We can't love others right if we don't love God first. With that in mind, thank you for joining us. God bless. Let's love like Jesus. How deep is your love? Easy question, but difficult to measure. God gave his son so that we could have life. And God's love is measurable in that we can look at the sacrifice he gave so that we could be with him. If God loved us that much to give his life, he must think we are pretty special, right? If God loves us, then we should also share that kind of love with others. We hope that this Valentine's Day will be filled with love, but not the world's version, God's. Thank you for joining in. We appreciate you connecting, and you can always listen to us on our Friendship Church app or download the podcast to your device's podcast app. Learn more about what's happening at Friendship Church at friendshipmn.org. See you next time on your Friendship Church podcast.